I'm not sure how to start today. Um, I'm in the horrible situation of waking up to atrocious news in Chutzlaris, uh, which uh, is, is bad enough waking up to atrocious news in Israel, but when you're so far away and when there are two Levayot in your local cemetery, more or less at the same time, it's uh, very, very hard to stomach. Uh, one of the difficult things about uh, a more long-term war is that one can get into routine. And uh, because the army is so effective and because they are doing such a fantastic job, people in the country, in most of the country, are able to live a regular life. And because they're able to read, leave, leave, live a regular life, um, we tend to forget, unless we are specifically involved, we tend to forget what's going on. And there is a war raging. And the war is far from over. And there are incredible chayalim who are working day and night, irrespective of politics, with no agenda and with no aims except for to protect our people. And um, it's such a horrible thing to wake up to such terrible news um, anywhere in the world, uh, but especially when you're in Galut so far away and you don't have uh, the people with you. You're surrounded by normalcy in every way. So I want to add something today, Le'ilui Nishmat, to these 21 soldiers. We were speaking, I've had a day's break, and most of yesterday I was in and out of the airport. I didn't have a minute where I could record quietly. Um, I, have a, I have a moment now to record quietly. Something about Kriyat Yamsuf that we were talking about, we were talking about the fact that there were different opinions at Kriyat Yamsuf. And uh, I gave you the Ramban's opinion how the Abarbanel is cholek, really grammatically, not fundamentally, grammatically, on that particular pasuk, Vayitzakuvi Omru, that the, the, the understanding is that we're talking about one, one group of people. And uh, he sees it in the negative, whereas Rashi, if you remember, says that there are fluctuating feelings in a people that is developing its emunah. At the end of the day, uh, what happened here was that uh, the group that was Kovea, and uh, there are different opinions, by the way. I know we were all brought up to understand that it was Nachshon ben Aminadav who went into the sea first. But in the Midrashic literature, there are a number of opinions, but it doesn't really matter. It really doesn't matter. The fact is that uh, HaKadosh Baruch Hu turns around to Moshe Rabbeinu and he says, Stop, uh, stop shouting at me. Stop, Davni. Speak to the children of Israel. And they should just get on with it and start walking into the sea. And uh, that's what they do. This is quite incredible, ladies, uh, because the sea we're talking about is not a, a calm kineret on a summer's day. The sea we're talking about was a raging storm taking place in the middle of Yamsuf. And Am Israel is not a group of, uh, of uh, 
of soldiers who are trained to do chilutz in the worst conditions. We're talking about a, a mass of people with little children and old men and old women and a raging sea and a raging storm, perhaps thunder and lightning, high waves, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, Dabru el b'nei Yisrael v'ayisau. Everything will be fine, but you have to go into the water. You have to do something. You have to take the initiative. And one of the biggest pla'im, I know that all of our emphasis on, on Kriyat Yamsuf is the revelation of Kriyat Yamsuf. But one of the most fantastic things here is that the people do it. The people walk into the sea. And, and they walk into the sea until they can walk no further. And then the sea splits. And the Geula comes when the people are prepared to do that, when they're prepared to, to walk into the sea. Now, the, the parallels are not difficult even for, for, for the person who doesn't like to be Doresh. It's not difficult here to be able to make the comparison between the people who are walking into the sea and our soldiers who are fighting uh, in the middle of Gaza. Um, in, in the most uh, terrible places, surrounded by evil people with evil intent, uh, that they are reliving that, that role of Am Yisrael, of marching into the sea. You'll remember, because I've said this so many times, that when my Yitzchak was a very young boy, I happened to be talking to him and I asked him, what does the Israeli flag represent to you? And he said that the uh, Magin David of the Israeli flag is like Am Yisrael walking through Yamsuf. And I actually saw once when we were in Poland, I saw a most beautiful memorial in Chestakova. I've only been there once. And I think we stopped by there because we had a bit of time. And we just stopped by. We were driving through. And it's like um, it has the, the Magin David on its own and two straight lines next to it. And, and for me, this totally <coughs> underlined what my son had told me. The Magin David of the Warsaw Ghetto, the Magin David of the Lodge Ghetto stands on its own. And then it marches in between the two lines, <coughs> the two lines of the sea. And that is the reality. <coughs> now this reality, I just want to add one further thing here, is, is something to do with, with the development of the Jewish people. We are very, very near into entering our leap year in the most realistic way. There's a machloket in the Gomorrah if you have two adars. Which adar is the real adar? Will the real adar please stand up? And um, the, <coughs> the answer is, I mean, if we're, and, and there's no complete answer because if you're an Ashkenazi and you have your site, as I do, so you actually keep the your site in adar aleph. Um, some keep it in both, uh, others have them in how to keep it in the second. But, but for, for, for me, Adar Aleph is the real Adar because I have your sight. And, uh, and, uh, and therefore, um, from that perspective, there are different interpretations of the real Adar Aleph. Mibchinat Purim, however, as far as Purim is concerned, there is only one real Adar, and that's Adar Bet. And this is strange. I know we know that that's the halacha, but this is strange because the Gemara, why didn't the Gemara invoke the klal of Eim Avirin ala mitzvot? Why do we, why do we not 
do a mitzvah when it comes in our hands. And if we have the possibility of celebrating Purim in Adar Aleph, why do we push it off to Adar Bet? It, this negates the rule of Eim Avirin Ala Mitzvot. Why, why do we do that? And the Gemara answers, or the clinching argument of the Gemara is, Lismoch Geula Le Geula. Chazal wanted to make sure that the Geula of Purim was juxtaposed to the Geula of Pesach. It was near. And uh, I want to look at it the other way round and, and take this Chazal and suggest as following. The Jewish calendar, which could represent the Jewish year, reflects the cycle of the Jewish people, the history of the Jewish people. The Jewish people began, we began as a people in Nisan. In Nisan, we did nothing. In Nisan, Hotsi Hashem et B'nai Yisrael Meretz Mitzrayim, God took a relatively passive people out of Egypt. And we did nothing, really. We, we had to paint blood on the doorposts and we had to make a korban, which isn't nothing, actually, in the middle of Mitzrayim, where this is a, a very, very uh, uh, critical and negative atmosphere around us. But we, we did that. And um, that was it. God brought us out of Egypt. God gave us manna in the Midbar. God gave us water in the Midbar. And we were very, very passive. The first Geula was a passive Geula. You could suggest it was a passive Geula because Rishmit, uh, the people, didn't seem to do anything to deserve the Galut and therefore they don't need to deserve anything to come out of the Geula. Uh, all the various Avonot that are attributed to, uh, to, to Galut Mitzrayim uh, could have been committed by Avi Avot, Avram Avinu, could have been committed by the Ache Yosef, uh, but except for various uh, ways of dealing with uh, trials and tribulations in Mitzrayim, um, we weren't overtly, it wasn't obvious that, that we deserve the Galut, and maybe because of that we didn't need to do anything, but probably primarily because we weren't ready to do anything. We were on such a low level that God had to schlep us out from Egypt. That's the beginning of the history of the Jewish people. God took us out. The end of the history of the Jewish people, which is reflected at the end of the year by Purim, the last Adar, the people have to take the initiative. The whole story of Purim is people taking the initiative. There is a Gezerah, and Mordechai puts on sackcloth and ashes. But then Esther, who was passive... Everything was passive about Esther. Suddenly something switches in Esther and she becomes active. And, and her activity uh, triggers activity in Am Yisrael. She gets all of Am Yisrael together. And the Geula of Purim differentiates so much from the Geula of Pesach because the Geula of Purim was done by the people. And with Siata Dishmaya, but the people triggered it. It was the reaction of the people that, that changes the situation when the king lifts up his scepter is a result of the actions of the people. Then we got Siata Dishmaya. And perhaps we can see that, that in the history of the Jewish people, at the start of the Jewish people, the reality was that we had to, uh, we had to be schlepped out. But the final Geula has to be done by us. The work has to be done by us. And so much of the work has been done by our people. I wish I could say me, but our people, our nation, uh, over the last 75, 76, but more than that, the last 150 years of people forcibly coming back to Israel, dying to develop this country, which was a wasteland. It wasn't a Palestinian 
beautiful, massive city. It was a wasteland, as as Mark Twain testifies. There was nothing here, and there was no one here, not hundreds and thousands of palaces. There was no one here, and people came back here, and they gave up their lives in agriculture, fighting malaria, and building the most beautiful country, proactive. We see it now with the army, proactive. The beginning of the year is Pesach. The end of the year is Purim, is activism uh, towards Geula. It's not just we want Mashiach now, it's we want Mashiach now and we will try the best we can to bring him with our own hands. We, we will try and do this. And uh, I think that's a massive lesson and it should be Le'ilui Nishmat, these 21 Kadoshim that are added to the Kadoshim who've already fallen, our soldiers who are, who are fighting uh, so hard and in the most terrible conditions. Be'ezrat Hashem, Yezichram, Baruch, we should only hear Besorot Tovot.